Welcome back to the Worlds Apart podcast. This is your co-host, Chris Yoon, joined by... Namsha Gajo. Very nice to be here with you again. Uh, we're sitting in the closet, and Chris is sitting in a... What is this? Like a snow... Warm it's, it's, a, it's the removable hood from a, a really warm jacket, and I'm just a bit cold. It's the coldest room in my house. It's this closet. <laughs> it is cold, but it kind of feels nice because it's getting warmer and warmer yeah. outside. Yeah. So it's nice to be in, like, it, it, maybe it feels almost like an air-conditioned room, mm. but it's not. <laughs> it's just I cold. agree. <laughs> and Nemi told me that Jackie Hill Perry and her husband record their podcast in their closet. So I feel like we're really just, like trending (laughs) with some really cool people that's funny (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited to talk about uh more things about just womanhood today Mm. because i had a couple of friends just uh give us a little bit of feedback about our podcast from last week and what they say people they like it really yeah well apart from that it was also like i think it's cool that we're talking about womanhood because a lot of people are really thinking about it in this day and age and right now um and i think with everything that's going on around the world concerning women i think this is something that is big and i I like that it's other women that are excited about it right yeah i do think yeah I'm, i'm like i would like some men to be excited about it too true yeah, that but is they true. are quieter on social media in general, <laughs> so maybe we can just chalk it up to that. But I do also think we, you know, we've come from an era where women have kind of felt like they're in competition with each other, mm. and now I think mm. we're more moving in an era of oh wow, like we're sisters, like we celebrating can, each other, yeah, more. celebrating. You know, you get those memes, queens celebrate queens. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. We rise by lifting others. Yeah, you know, yeah, all of that. So I'm all about it. Heck yeah, yeah, man. I love it too. <laughs> I'm also about it. No competition, celebration. I love it. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about actually something that you said last week, Chris. Yeah. Got me really thinking. Uh, you asked the question, like, why is it as women do we feel like we're not? celebrated i don't know how you worded it last week i thought it was really a good question yeah i actually i wrote it down i wrote the question down because i even said let's put a pin in this and i was like write it down um why don't we feel appreciated and valued as women yes yes and i think that's just such an important question because i think um it'll help us to be able to navigate and figure out like what are some of the things what what's the world telling us Mm. um that's made us feel um, a certain kind of way or made us feel like we're less than and what what of that is is maybe our own insecurities and what of that is just lies right you know when you were asking that question kind of like do you have any thoughts around your the your own answer for that oh, man that's a big question um i think i do think it's like a it's not a one kind of thing mm. you know I do definitely agree that there are insecurities in there related most likely like if I dug deep enough, which I don't like digging anyway, but, um, it's most likely like experience life experiences Yeah, that's true. that have told me that one thing, um, like not so much what the world maybe has said to women like overtly or like not on a billboard. This is how we view women, but in how people relate to us or speak to us or treat us and then how society views you in and it's I think it's the everyday interactions where you get that affirmation of that of lack of value or 
Um, I mean, we were even just talking before this about um, kind of like getting catcalled on the streets yeah. and or in public places and how that's just like universal for women. Um, so I think that like even that ingrains in us and remind or it tells us not necessarily the absolute truth, mm-hmm. but it tells us that some people are definitely believing that truth. If they mm-hmm. feel like it's okay to mm-hmm. speak that way to women. Yeah. I don't know. Do yeah, no, I agree. I think you, you hit on something when you said like even our personal experiences, because I do think, you know, society is made out of people who are individuals who experience things on a daily basis. So I think like even, even when you think about you know what we asked last week about mm-hmm. um you know how has your household shaped womanhood yeah. i think even things like that like you the way that um i don't know your mom's your mom and your dad communicated mm-hmm. or um you know the um yeah the way that women experience maybe in the workplace um right. you know you get a lot of people that kind of push you around i don't know right. I, I did television production for a while and like it's a very male dominated industry mm-hmm. and so you know you kind of get pushed around mm. a lot and they think you're just good to do like the kitcheny things really yeah it's, it's That's very crazy, upsetting man. after i've studied for so long i'm yeah. like i'm like okay i can do more than just <laughs> prepare the food for my the degree says other yeah sir so anyway but i think um yeah there's things like that and then it's almost like you have to prove something to hmm. the world and so i think I know personally for me that made me go to the other extreme where mm. then I became a little bit too aggro. Like okay, I was yeah. all kinds yeah. of aggro when I was younger because it's like the world says the way that I'm made as a woman um, is mm. can be trampled on. And so then you get this kind of like alter ego where you have to be forceful about things and like, like more like I've had a hard, harder exterior. Yeah, exactly. You know, even as you're saying that, it makes me think of things my mom mentioned to me when I was growing up because she worked in like corporate America and she was always referring to that same like mm. battle that you're, you've experienced when you were doing television production and her in that corporate environment, I don't know what else to call it, but yeah, that same, she struggled, found it hard to be herself mm and be vulnerable because it would be seen as a weakness or that yeah man yeah and it's crazy because like in all i think even for men like vulnerability is not uh it's not an indication of weakness it's actually a lot of strength because Mm. none of us have it all put together like Mm. but, but, but people like to you know say in the word front people like to front and like pretend basically that they're doing um better than what they're actually doing but i think like in a life of a woman you basically have to do that almost everywhere you are there's not really very many places that you have a a safe space unless you're like in a loving marriage and stuff but even then like as of late we've noticed and we've realized like even within marriages and relationships women are being harmed Mm. so it's like you're always having to self-protect yeah Yeah. um no matter where you go and i think Mm. that definitely is part of the reason why we don't feel like valued we're Mm. not valued Mm. you know yeah Man, it makes me even think like all these systems that are in place that are meant to help and protect actually don't. So even like within lockdown, I mean, the idea behind lockdown was to help everybody protect, be protected against the the spreading, the mm-hmm. massive spreading and hurting vulnerable populations. Meanwhile, the population that was like was increasing in harm mm-hmm. and vulnerability was the domestic violence side, like. Women yeah. and children being abused by abusive spouses. And it's, mm. man, it's like, you can't win for losing, in a sense. And 
I think for me, this is what really hurts the most when I think about women being abused. Um, in South Africa, they've termed it like gender-based violence. And mm-hmm. actually, uh, as we're recording this podcast today, yesterday, a year ago, um, you know, Uyine uh, and was actually brutally killed at mm-hmm. a post office mm-hmm. um, in Cape Town. And it's just, I think it really rocked the country. Not that this wasn't happening before. Right. It's just the horrificness of it. Right. Um, and, and not only that. The brutality of it. But, yeah, the brutality of it. And not only that, like... It's like, if you can't be safe in, like, the, the normal post spaces, you know, like, yeah. where in the world can you Can you go buy safe? your groceries? Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. And then I think even what made it even worse this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was another girl, Tejo Pule, who was killed mm-hmm. by, you know, and they, they're saying it's a significant other. She was pregnant, eight, mm-hmm. eight months pregnant. Oh, so, right. you know, just yeah, stories like that are horrific. And, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm outside, I'm not safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but inside my own house, I'm also not right. safe. And it's, it doesn't really matter at this point where you go. So then you really have to ask the question, you know, you know I'm really happy that this is being brought out. And people are asking the question of, okay, clearly this is not a... Because, you know, for a long time, it's been the woman's fault. So you were dressed a certain way or you were... You know, I don't know, however many reasons to kill somebody. I'm it's like, really? Bl- it's a blame game. <laughs> yeah. is, that is exactly what that is. It's shocking. Anyway, so, yeah. you know, but I mean, now they're really starting to ask the question of like, okay, what is going on with patriarchy? Um, you know, toxic masculinity um, is a word that gets used um, to refer to this. But what is going on in our society, the individuals in our society that they think that this is the way to treat women? I will say, like... It's not a South African issue. It's global. Mm, I mean, hundred percent. Um, and it's really heartbreaking that it's global. <laughs> I mean, not that it would be better, but you would say, okay, what's different here? I think um, nothing is different. Nothing is unique about South Africa. That the amount of gender-based um, violence is what it is. Um, there's that the girl um, in Turkey. She's a student. Mm. Um, end of yeah. July, they finally found her sadly um and then there was that whole like remember that whole ad not i guess awareness campaign is what you could call it well this is how it started yeah so um it's it was happening in turkey so again that wasn't the first incident no not at all it was happening in turkey and basically when 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 a woman gets killed there or somebody dies it's a black and white photo that they would put in the newsletter okay oh not the newsletter they put it in in the the newspaper. newspaper yeah exactly and so People were like, you know, how many of these black and white pictures are we just going to see? And Mm. so um, that's what sparked then this, uh, you know, I I don't know. Awareness. Yeah, because it wasn't wasn't really a campaign. It was just like people were really angry. Yeah, and wanting to elevate the importance. There's even this, um, last year I was watching a Turkish series um, called Sen Anlet Karadeniz. I've totally butchered that name. (laughs) But the point of the producers and directors and actors of that show actually I read this article which was super cool the point that they were trying to highlight and show and reveal about the culture was that brokenness of that mm-hmm. system and how mistreated women are in Turkish society um, how they are not treated as equals and the amount of abuse um, that happens to women in in that Turkish society, and yeah. I, and I know it's not just there; it happens mm. in the states um, as well. And you know, I was thinking, I don't know if this is the answer, because <laughs> um, I think we always like we want to 
blame. We want to find like the problem. This is the problem. We point the finger at the problem. Yeah. And then this is a solution. Um, and there's multi levels to a solution, but one thing I saw last year coming out of the stage, which like warmed my heart so much. This is before COVID happened. Um, was in some places like I know this one story was out of Texas. Mm. These the school had like this um, <clears throat> day where they were talking about manhood and wanted all the boys to like dress up like little men, like just you know look like men, practice gentle like gentlemanly behavior, and have role models. And so every boy was supposed to bring in a guy he looked up to. Mm. But you've got a lot of these kids, especially from like more impoverished backgrounds who don't have men that they look up to yeah. and so they they reached out on social media for help and the amount of african-american men mm. who came into that school to be like this is what a man you know examples wow. and like, even now i'm like it gives me chills because i'm like that's what i think that's a large part of what we need mm. is it is solid examples maybe. yeah i don't know what do you think no definitely um i do think for you know men need to decide that this is an issue that they want to take mm, up you know yes, and that's, that's yes. been part of the the right, problem like right. it's the pushing and the blaming on the victims for me that makes me the most angry about right. this situation um or even you know and i and i think I think if men decide like this is an important issue for them, mm. that manhood is something that needs to be taught because mm. whatever has been caught out there is something else entirely. Oh my goodness, yeah. you know. So I think, yeah, I think that they need to be yeah. a part of that. You can't, it can't be something that's separate from um, from what the women's talks are saying. We can't have a podcast just for women about right. this. You know, right. I mean, we can have podcasts for women about other things, but this is a definite. It's a male issue. Um, and we're the victims part of this male issue, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's my opinion on that. Man, I think you're right. I mean, I do think like, yeah, if, if they are to be the leaders of things, then this is an area where they can definitely lead. And I agree. Like if it becomes a priority that they see, um, then they will totally make time for it. They will do whatever they have to do mm. because flip, man, we watch English Premier League soccer. There is time <laughs> carved out for sports. I'm just saying. They watch, they make plenty of time for sports and the things they love to do. Mm. Um, if it, if it's a priority, then they will prioritize it. And I think like, and that require, if one thing COVID has taught me with the lockdown and the closeness of family time together mm. is that parenting felt like really hard work beforehand but when you have nobody else but you and your spouse, if you are married with your children, it becomes even harder. And it, like just seeing the necessity to really be careful what we're teaching our kids and modeling before them and, and be intentional about what we're teaching them, about what it means to be, especially as we raise three little men, yeah. what it means to be a man and how you treat women um, and how you don't treat women. Yeah. And I think... That's where it begins, but but what we know is we need stuff outside the the immediate family like structure. Structure. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just say the Western family structure, because as I've been learning, family structure in one culture is not necessarily yeah. the same in another. Mm. Um, so what a Western person would say is the family, which is the mom and the dad and the kid. Mm. An African yeah. family structure is what? Yeah, it's my my immediate, my, what you guys would call an immediate family, but it's also my, you know, my cousins on my father's side of the family are my brothers, 
And then my cousins on my mother's side of my family are my cousins. Yeah. That's <laughs> why, oh, my God. Which is, there's something really cool about that. Yeah, too. cousins and brothers and sisters, sorry, not just brothers. Yeah. I have three, uh, female <laughs> cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think but. what you're saying is right. Like, there's not, there's not a hard and fast solution here. No, not at all. Not everything about men being, you know, stronger or I don't want to use the word patriarchy because I think it's 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 been, mm. you know, just filled with so much mm-hmm. junk with it now. But there's certain things that are like a role of a man that I think are, are a good thing, protection, you know, I think that is a very big man thing, you know. As women, you know, we, we want to feel, we, we do want to be protected because we cannot protect. The reason why this happens to women is because we cannot protect ourselves. And so we need allies. We need mm. we need men allies to, to be able to protect us. So I, I'm not saying we want men to dumb down being men, but we want them to, to value the women that are in the world and mm-hmm. to protect and to use their strength for good instead of hurting mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's something that you hit on there, Nams. Just want to, like, maybe press in a bit more. So, like, this idea of equal and yet, I think I heard it, like, a month or two ago, equal yet distinct or unique in our... So we're equal in that in that we're both people we're both created equally in an image we are image bearers of a creator and and we are distinct in Mm -hmm. our what would you say like our roles yeah i would say that the way that god designed men and women is probably was for different you know functions in society and i think that's a good thing i think i don't think we all need to be this one Mm -hmm. you know cookie cutter thing um but at the same time, in terms of inherent like mm-hmm. value and um, worth, it's you know, men and women are the same. Right. Yeah. In that in that aspect, I would say that's my opinion on that. I think this hits a little bit on something that I asked you last week um, about sort of religion. I was specifically talking about the Bible. It seems as if like men are more esteemed than women, or mm-hmm. it, it would it would seem like. You know, I've heard a lot of things where people... I don't know how much of Bible people have actually read, but some people feel like, oh, because the Bible was mostly speaks about men or the Bible was written mostly by men and or, or by men, I'm not sure. Yeah, or by men. <laughs> yeah. Scribes. Scribes. Um, but Which probably were men. Were men unless the there was culture, a really right? educated woman. Well, because they didn't... Yeah, because, yeah, all goes into the system, the broken system that yeah. was... That existed, but yeah. The likelihood of a female scribe um, is very small. Though mm. Let's not count it out. Yeah. Totally could have happened. Um, but they so, could make a movie out of that. <laughs> people say, oh, you know, God, God, we're made equal, but really men are more esteemed in the mm. Bible side. I don't want to pay attention to that and stuff. And I think it really bothered me when I was little because I'm like, if this God is a God that created everyone, I'm like, what, why is it that more men that you hear more stories of the men in the bible than you do the women in the bible until until i got a little bit older and kind of read the bible a little bit for myself um and so i have an opinion on it but before i talk and talk i wanted to hear what your opinion on that is do you have one like do you know what what is your view of like the way that women are portrayed or think or shown in the bible i think that the the issue comes in with 
who wrote the book and what was the author's intent in the story um, and what happens and this is like generic that is a very I, I mean that to be super generic um, so please don't read into it anybody writes a book about anything fiction let's just take fiction um, a great fiction Oh, it's hard to know what a good that everybody knows a good piece of fiction that everybody knows Lord of the Rings okay Lord of the Rings um, like I'm like across all the cultures because I can yeah I got some pretty high <laughs> that's true um, but any of that like the author's intent or even the Hunger Games to take yeah. a more contemporary example because I read them all um, and I also read what's the other one <laughs> you read the, the one the prequel have you got it no I haven't read the prequel oh, okay. I kind of I just I felt a little like I need to distance myself still I don't know you know when you had an emotional trauma or walk through those some of those <laughs> series okay we're getting we off digress. topic we yeah. totally digress Let's take the example of like a contemporary, The Hunger Games. Okay. When you read what the author's intent, especially of The Hunger Games was, I was like, what? I did not get that at all from the first book. But now that I understand her intent, I see it like I see those threads running through and her ultimate purpose behind writing the, these books. And, um, as the story goes on, and so it what changed. Was her intent, in case people it's, don't know, it's all about post-traumatic stress disorder and soldiers in yeah. war. Yeah, I read that. Actually. Um, which I was like, I just thought it was like post-apocalyptic love story adventure. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just being honest. It was very shallow. What is the intent of the author of the Bible? Um, and people who are Christians believe one of the things a large number of them believe is that God is the author. He used people to, he gave them like, yeah, inspired them basically, which you find inspiration every time when you write, whoever you are, poetry or whatever, you find inspiration in nature and people. Um, but inspired writing to, to tell this story about God, a God and his people, mm. um, and his love for his people. And so I think the problem, and this is not an answer really, but it kind of opens up. I think the thing is we come to stories, like I came to the Hunger Games with this preconceived notion of what this was about, and I totally missed the author's intent. Yeah. I think a lot of us come to the Bible with a lot of preconceived notions, and we totally miss the author's intent. Yeah. Or maybe, like I know for a long time, it just is a lot of what... Um, friends or media or you know people that maybe haven't even read it um came and said oh this is about this and then that kind of sticks in your mind all the time so then you open a book with that yeah because idea. like let's say 99.9 percent .9 of the human population does not grow up in a vacuum mm. and so if you can read then you've got other ideas in your head and mm. you've got other things you've heard in the world that have helped shape your worldview yeah so when you come to the bible i don't care who you are you come with preconceived ideas about it mm. in some way, shape, or form. Nobody comes fully open-handed. Nobody's blank slate. Mm. We all come with something, our story, our life, our history behind yeah. us. No, that makes sense. I think the other thing is um, people also have taken the Bible and have misused it. Mm. So, yeah. um, so you know, you know, for their own yeah. ideas and their own glory or whatever. So I think what people say God has said about stuff 
and but they can't really verify that whether that's mm. actually in the Bible or mm. not. But we just do, we just believe it because we ourselves are not scholars of right. the Bible. And then I think the other thing for me was it's it's culture. All the books in the Bibles have been written within a particular culture. Yep. And and but we need to remember that culture is man made. Yeah. So even earlier on when you were talking about the scribes and that kind of thing, like maybe the reason why there isn't a lot of women authors, if you will, um, is because of the fact that in in the society just wasn't set up like that. Right. And so we need to think and consider those things as well. Um, but when I personally started reading what God actually had to say about himself, first of all, and then what he had to say about women, I was actually really encouraged, which mm. was surprising. <laughs> <laughs> well, yay. <laughs> what was encouraging? In Judges, there's a, there's a mm-hmm. woman that gets mentioned there. Her name is... De- there's actually Deborah. quite a few women in there. Sorry, These women so, do some crazy stuff, guys. Some really cool oh, my things. word! Deborah, actually, for me, was a big deal because right. the story of Deborah in the Bible is that... So the men around her are just they right suck off. let's just say yeah, right off just, they suck and they're supposed to be running mm-hmm. and ruling um in that era and, and why again because that's how the system runs the system runs like that and so um but none of them want to come up mm-hmm. and actually take you know i think they were going to go to war or something mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. and but none of them want to actually lead the charge none of them want to be men that are actually leading a nation and then she who, who does God raise? He raises up Deborah to be right. able to um, stand in the gap there. She found and a person to stand, or he, he found, found a person, person to stand, stand in the, the gap. gap. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. And I'm just like, yeah, go Deborah. <laughs> She's cool. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, and, and, and there's... Um, Esther's another one, mm-hmm. and, and funny thing with Esther is, like, she's, a, she's beautiful. So, you know, again, like people think you know women maybe are just there for aesthetics or just for beauty but like she had a brain and then she actually goes and she sacrifices herself if you will in front of the king so that mm-hmm. she can rescue her her people, people. Mm-hmm. and it's amazing yeah mm-hmm. i don't know so there's just stories like that that i'm like oh wow these are re- these are really amazing women in the bible yeah i yeah i'm with you i, I also what i really like about those women and others um so deborah she pushes men to lead She's like, I'll go with you, but you're going to lead. Mm. You're going to be the one to do this and that. And Esther, she goes forth, and her uncle, Mordecai, actually is the one who's like, look, this is why you're here, girl. Mm-hmm. It's not to be all covered in pretty mm-hmm. smelling oils and be all prettified and be a queen. Prettified. <laughs> <laughs> it is to do something. Um, and her, like, her calling on the compassion of the king, basically, who is not a Hebrew at all. Um, I, I love that. Just that, yeah, that self-sacrificing nature that she has there. And, um, and Ruth, um, her, like, she refuses to, she really acts as a woman of honor in that story. Um, and God honors that, honors her obedience to him. And she's not even a Hebrew. Um, and then you get another woman, Abigail, who becomes, she was actually married to this another write-off king um and the way she even relates and and with with david who's the king at the time um is just so honorable i mean i have lots of friends who name their daughters um abigail because Mm -hmm. of because of her character so i think that's really like it's these key character things and then here's a really amazing thing to me in the bible um relating to women is that it's either matthew or it's luke it's okay. One of those. These are two guys who wrote um, 
wrote some like testimonial accounts of the life of Jesus, like witness accounts. It's like they go to the police station and write, take an affidavit yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. I, I hereby solemnly swear, blah, blah, blah. That's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. So they write these accounts of his life from their vantage point or from the vantage point. And they're trying to show you a certain kind of picture. Again, an author's intent. But one of them, I think it might be Matthew. He, they talk about Jesus's genealogy, like his ancestors. And you know, an amazing feature that they feature is the genealogy of Jesus through women. But they highlight that and so many amazing things. One, these are women. These are women who are in really hard circumstances. In um, a society that was against them. In a society that was against them. And and half of these women were not even Hebrew. Mm. So they weren't from the... Why do you keep bringing that up? What's the Hebrew thing about? Like, why is that important? Mm, so that's a great question. The Hebrew thing is big because God chose for himself a people... Um, that he called, that became known as the Hebrew nation. And they were his people, his chosen people, which, through which he promised to save humanity. Okay. So his son, Jesus, is born into this nation. This like, culture of Hebrew Yes, this okay. Hebrew culture. All right, that's good. Yeah. And, but the beauty of it is, this nation is so messed up, just like the rest of the nations on the planet. And in fact... Now God's going to say, okay, I'm going to do you one better. Uh, you guys think you're so amazing. Well, here are some incredible women who are in gene- Jesus's, who are part of Jesus's ancestry, who are not even Hebrews. Boom. What do you do with that? <laughs> it's not about being pure and perfect. It's about how this author is using yeah. willing people to tell a story. <laughs> then also when Jesus comes into the picture in the Bible you get to see more of him and how he basically treated women and yeah. I mean it's amazing it's like beautiful. you know it doesn't matter where they came from yeah. you know you get the stories of the prost- with the prostitutes or like um speaking about this you know the way that culture was at the time um he was born as, as a Hebrew as, he, as yeah. you explained yeah but he wasn't allowed to, you know Hebrews typically didn't associate with this other group called the Samaritans. Right. You see um, Jesus go and actually have a full-on conversation with a Samaritan woman. Ah, issue number one. Yeah. Woman. Dun, dun, dun. Ah, issue number two. Um, and it's so like, controversial. <laughs> yeah. Again. So it's just, it's an amazing thing to see because it's like, wow, he's actually, he relates mm. to to women and he relates to, you know, humanity the way that we ought to relate to one another, um, but we, we don't. Oh, there's this verse that, um, you know, guys typically would kind of throw at us and, you know, it's with regards to like husbands and wife, but, but it's really good because it speaks about how men ought to be treating women. Mm. So regardless of whether you're married or not. And so it's found in a, in a letter or one of the disciples of Jesus wrote and um, called Peter. So one yeah. of Jesus's inner circle. Yeah, guys. one of Jesus's inner circle guys wrote this. Um, so it's it's in one Peter because you get one Peter, two Peter. It's just it's just the number with the, the letter. Letter. Uh, letter number one. Yeah, letter, letter number, number two. two. So uh, so uh, this one is in it's in one Peter three, um, and I think it's verse seven, and it says, "Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to women as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life." so that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm. So, you know, 
guys always be like, yeah, you're the weaker vessel, you're the weaker vessel. Mm. But I think it goes back to that whole idea of like what we were what we were saying earlier on about the strength that men that God has given men, they need to be using to protect and to to guard and to 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 value and to honor because he does. He says, since then, because uh, you should honor this woman who is the weaker vessel. Um, who is more fragile, who it can easily be hurt in society, you need to take care, you need to honor. Why? Because you're both A's. And what mm. and an A equal image bearers. Exactly. Again. We're gonna mm-hmm. get we're gonna be exactly the same in his eyes. And so when I understood that I just kind of maybe understood more God's heart mm. behind um the things that he was saying. So not to say that if things that were done in like every character in the Bible did things right lots of characters in the bible did things wrong right. but god's what you were saying intent is to show that in the missile that he is for what is good and you know and and he's for the creations that he made so like right. women you know yeah. and so i don't know that for me kind of changed my mind uh, around what i thought the bible was trying to say about womanhood or women um to being wow no despite how vile society was you know god still honored and and wants to love and values women oh guys whew, this was hectic not in a bad way good hectic i think like as you could hear in our conversation it stirred up a lot of good um thoughts and dialogue and um i think we've we have really shared a lot today and some things might be you might be thinking, man, I totally get that. And other things you're like, wait, you got really like churchy there for a bit (laughs) talking all about Bible and stories and people. And I'm so lost. Um, so I think what we ultimately want you to hear is that, um, women have value, equal value to men. Um, and women of all culture have value equal to men of all culture. Um, and that because that is how we were created and the author's intent is to tell a story about that um so we hope that it's encouraged you i was even thinking what you're saying there chris like it's part of the reason why i even brought this up is because mm. i think it, it it's such a it's a difficult thing mm. you know to be like if that's what society and then you're like man is that what the book that people are most saying god is communicating in saying to you know right. that's really Boo. that's horrible right. you know who wants you to follow that yeah. Part of that yeah so that's why for me i'm like this this is something that i constantly have to go back to and mm. say it's it's different from what i'm being told right Oh man, that opens up so many other questions in my head. (laughs) We don't have time for that today. But please guys, I would love to hear your guys' points of view on any of all of this. Um, And so uh, we have an IG and it is the the world's apart podcast <laughs> and you can dm us there because clearly email is not a thing apparently not <laughs> but if you are still an email person what is our email address <laughs> world's apart podcast at gmail one word there is an email only gmail emails us or anchor to say so and sarah's like did you <laughs> but we it does work yeah it does work but um but if email's not your thing definitely dm us uh right on you know have comments on some of the things that we post we'd love to hear from you guys and even maybe one day get to invite you guys in on some of these conversations what Holla, that would be awesome <laughs> we'd love that we've done it before we'll do it again <laughs> well until next time 
We hope you guys have a great week. Thank you.